The Lessons of Pandemic Inflation John Cassidy As economists and pundits continue to debate why Americans aren't feeling better about the economy despite healthy growth and falling rates of inflation, the inflation outlook itself continues to improve. Last week, the Commerce Department reported that, according to a measure that the Federal Reserve watches closely, the personal consumption expenditure PC, deflator, consumer prices rose by just 3% from October 2022 to October 2023. That's not far above the Fed's target of 2%, and, in the case of some items, including gasoline and used vehicles, prices are falling, not merely going up at a lower rate. As usual, the story can be complicated by considering different measures of price rises. For reasons that I've never found wholly convincing, many economists focus obsessively on core inflation, which excludes the prices of energy and food. According to the PC Core Index, the core rate is still running a bit higher, 3.5%. But, in the three months from August to October, it rose at an annualized rate of just 2.2%. The short-term rate of price increases is now very close to target and slowing, the economic advisory firm Pantheon Macroeconomics noted in a client circular. Sign up for the news and politics. The latest from Washington and beyond, covering current events, the economy, and more, from our columnists and correspondents. Email address. By signing up, you agree to our user agreement and privacy policy and cookie statement. This site is protected by reCAPTCHA and the Google privacy policy and terms of service apply. Given all the furor over inflation when it was rising rapidly in 2021 and 2022, this year's big drop is surely worthy of more inspection than it has received. Since June of last year, when the headline rate hit 9.1%, virtually all measures of price rises have fallen dramatically. And with the latest declines even some erstwhile inflation hawks have acknowledged that the outlook is now benign. I'm later to proclaim it than many others, but we're almost at the soft landing, the Harvard economist Jason Furman wrote on X, formerly Twitter, after the PC numbers were released. On the other side of the debate, Claudia Sam, a former Federal Reserve economist who has vigorously defended the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan of 2021, which some of the hawks blamed for driving inflation higher, titled her latest Substack post, I was right. It can't be denied that inflation has declined more rapidly than many economists and the Fed expected, and that this fall has coincided with sustained growth in employment and gross domestic product despite higher interest rates. In June of last year, Lauren Summers, another Harvard economist, said, we need five years of unemployment above 5% to contain inflation, in other words, we need two years of 7.5% unemployment or five years of 6% unemployment or one year of 10% unemployment. But inflation has come down even as the unemployment rate has stayed below 4% for 21 months, a spell of low joblessness that hasn't been matched since the 1960s. The argument that a recession was necessary to break the back of inflation turned out to be flat wrong. Why so? Part of the explanation is that the hawks were relying on textbook models that explain inflation mainly in terms of the level of overall demand in the economy, as proxied by the level of unemployment or GDP bringing down inflation in these models requires sacrificing some output and employment. The exact amount is known as the sacrifice ratio. 
A new study from the White House's Council of Economic Advisers CA, illustrates the shortcomings of this approach when it is applied to recent history. Video from The New Yorker Directionese, navigating a city without street addresses https colon slash slash www.newyorker.com slash video slash watch slash directions hash sign intcid equals sign underscore cne dash interlude dash new yorker underscore dfc 9899-52c-421d-bd1d-464c1770110103 underscore text 2vc1. To explain the path of inflation throughout the past decade, the CEA used a statistical model that incorporated past inflation rates, an index of expected inflation, import prices, and the amount of slack in the labor market, measured by the difference between the actual unemployment rate and an estimate of the full employment rate. When this model was applied to the recent data for core PC inflation, it left most of the excess inflation of 2021, 2022, and 2023 unexplained, suggesting that we must go beyond the variables enumerated in the model to explain the rise and fall of pandemic inflation, the CA reported in a blog post last week. What was missing from the model? The most obvious thing was anything specifically having to do with the pandemic and its disastrous impact on global supply chains. To remedy this omission, the CA added an extra variable, an index of supply chain disruptions developed by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, which incorporates things such as shipping and air freight rates. In 2020 and 2021, some shipping rates more than quadrupled. In the past year or so, they have nearly fallen back to pre-pandemic levels. With the supply chain index included as an explanatory variable, the model was able to explain much more of the inflation spike and decomposing the findings indicated that changes in the supply chain index could explain more of the surge in inflation than any other factor. In other words, the data suggests that the snarling of the global supply chain was the primary driver of the inflation spike and its subsequent unwinding. The findings of the White House study weren't entirely one-sided, however. The supply chain disruptions alone were not the only factor pushing up inflation, the CA said. Its findings indicated that buoyant demand, proxied by the low unemployment rate, accentuated the inflationary distortions that the pandemic created in some parts of the economy. Supply chain disruptions are more inflationary if they occur in the context of strong demand, where they are more likely to bind, than where demand is slack. This makes sense intuitively. If some items, new cars, say, are in short supply but customers are still lining up to buy them, their prices, and the prices of close substitutes, used cars, are likely to shoot up. In some parts of the economy, that's what happened. Where does this leave the long-running debate about inflation and inflation policy? In large part, it vindicates the inflation doves, who are sometimes known as team transitory because they originally argued that the rise in inflation was a temporary artifact of the pandemic. It also vindicates the decision of the Biden administration, in July 2021, to set up a supply chain disruptions task force, which worked hard to unsnarl the ports and get shipping moving. To be sure, the inflation spurt went further and lasted longer than the inflation doves and the White House expected. However, the emphasis they placed on pandemic-related distortions now seems to be justified. This emphasis also jibes with the fact that higher inflation was a worldwide phenomenon, prices rose sharply even in countries that didn't do nearly as much stimulus spending as the United States did. If the inflation spike was primarily driven by overspending, that wouldn't necessarily have happened.
A qualification, and it's a significant one, is that the hawks weren't entirely off the mark when they warned about the inflationary implications of expansionary monetary and fiscal policies combined, which is the policy regime that was in place in 2021 and early 2022 before the Fed started raising interest rates. Strong demand interacted with these snarled supply chains, adding pressure to price growth over this period, the CEO said. And it went on, it takes both supply and demand to tell a complete story of the pandemic inflation experience. If we ever run into anything like the coronavirus again, that will be something for policymakers to remember. But the larger lesson is that the inflation spike didn't turn into the 1970s redux as some alarmists were predicting last year and current trends are very encouraging. To quote the CA again, inflation is reliably easing while the labor market remains strong. If these trends continue into 2024, they should eventually be reflected in the polls. Diamond Suit